Kansas City Real Talk brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Alex Gary. And I'm Bobby Howe. Bobby. Oh pitch. Sorry. Well, that's fine. It's okay. It's fine. I mean, I, I, they can just, you know, fast forward past that part and not hurt their eardrums. It'll be fine. fine. They won't know until after they've hurt their eardrums. So it's fine. I started a little bit strong. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was a little loud too. I was picking so, up on your vibe. Yeah, that's just how it was. Yeah. Well, how are you today? I'm amazing. Yeah. What's going yeah. on? So I, you know, I, we haven't shared this story yet and I kind of referenced it when we told our COVID stories on the last episode, but I am still riding a high from doing the dopey challenge again this year. So you guys know I've done it. This is my third time doing it. It's the race at Disney world. It's four days. You do a 5k, a 10k, a half marathon and a full marathon on back-to-back days. It was uh, early January, like it was January, like 5th through 9th, something like that. And it was December 12th. And a friend said to me, hey, Bobby, I'm doing the dopey challenge. I may need someone to watch my daughter. Do you think you could, if I pay all your expenses, you think you could come down and be available to watch my daughter? And I was like, I mean, sure. It's early January. I'm only traveling like 78 times. I have an election for Missouri, you know, treasurer elect, all this kind of stuff, but sure I could get away. I could do that. Then the, like, I get off the phone with her and like five minutes later, I get this, uh, on my Facebook feed, there's an ad for this group that's giving away the dopey bibs. It's been sold out for forever, giving away, they were charity. And they're basically giving away the dopey bibs for what they paid to get them because they hadn't sold them all. And it was like less than half price of what is normally like $650 to get into dopey. And this was like 300 bucks. And I was like, well, if I'm going to make plans to be there and then she doesn't need somebody to watch her daughter, I should have a bib just in case. Like I was willing to put 300 bucks out there and maybe not do anything with it. And this is December 13th at this point. Like it's the, it's the next day that you can get the stuff. The registration closed December 15th. Like there was like this tiny window of like getting in. And I finally was just like, screw it. I'm doing it. And like I signed up and then I told Ryan, by the way, hey, I'm going to Florida, do it. And I'm all by myself. And I got there. She didn't end up needing anybody to watch her daughter. It all worked out. And it was literally, and I did zero training. Like, let, let's be clear. I ran the Chicago marathon in October. It was a horrible race for me. And I really haven't ran at all. Haven't done any training as far as like multi-day stuff. It was the best dopey I've done to date. It was so much fun every day and uh, ran with my friends. I was a whole bunch of internet friends. Uh, We were all internet strangers. We'd never met in person ever before, but we're on some Disney fitness groups. And um, it just, it was the best experience that I've had. And so like, Obviously I'm doing it again next year. We're just planning it out from the beginning, but I think it's going to be a combination of like my real life friends, like Mara and some other people. Um, and then some, uh, afterwards, Oh, I just realized this episode comes out in March. We've got recharge coming up and Mara Neal is going to be one of your speakers there. She's I, I helped her pick her session earlier today. It's going to be an amazing session. I don't Um, think I knew she was going to be one of the speakers again. She is going to be a speaker. That's awesome because she was a speaker virtually last year. She was, and she'd been here in person. Oh, Lord. It was like 
2013, something like that. She'd been one of our very first ones we did. And uh, Jared James is going to be our keynote speaker for Recharge. So if you've not got your ticket yet, and if they're still available, if they've not sold out by the time that this ticket comes out, make sure you get your ticket to Recharge because it's going to be a great experience this year. Look at me Last adding an ad into our script. I'm impressed. Prompting. Well, I so Mara's spiel, a spiel isn't right, session last time was really, really solid. And it was perfect timing because we were in the middle of a market, much like we are experiencing right now, because it never actually stopped. And in fact, it nope. seems like it's getting to be uh, more uh, difficult to find yep. inventory even than it was last year. And her whole deal was how to win right now. Yep. Negotiation and- strategies. That's right. And it was so good. And I I think for a lot of my agents, it was extremely empowering and they felt like they had some, some additional options. And in fact, it was after her session that I started telling people to really consider non-refundable earnest money, which, uh, you know, for like a week after I was saying that it scared everybody half to death and then everybody was doing it. Um, so, but it was, it was her recharge deal that, that kind of, you know, made people start thinking about creative ways to get things done in this marketplace. And yeah. well, gosh, we need more of that. I hope that her session is more about winning like that. Is it, what, yeah. what is it about? Emotional intelligence. Ooh, well, that's good. And there are a lot yeah. of different ways that that can help you on winning too. Yeah. She plugs that into real estate and using your, your EQ uh, in your real estate and, and working with your clients and with the other side and all that. It's, I'm like really excited about it. So you're a smart lady and you have smart friends. So I am, you are the sum total of who you surround yourself with. So I surround myself with a lot of really smart people. I love it. Like you. Am I one? Oh, you are, you are because we can have conversations about big scientific words and we all know what they mean. There you go. Yeah. Like, like, uh, Immunocalyphilis or what, what was it called? Viral exanthem. Yeah, that, there you go. See, close. I was like, is Mark. that what you're referring to? My viral exanthem from last Why episode? you surround yourself with people like me? Cause I can make up medical words. See, that's what, that's oh genius. I mean, people would hear what I just said and think that that was a perfectly good name for what you described in the last episode. So, it's funny when you say that making up words. Whenever I was doing my, um, at my state meetings, I had to go around to each of the caucuses before our board of directors meeting to like, try to like do my little campaign spiel and try to get people's vote before the election. And, um, I was doing, I was in the St. Louis caucus. I was in their room. And a part of my speech was that because I've served on exec and all these roles with Missouri realtors, uh, in the past that my transition onto the leadership team would be seamless. And sometimes I use the word uh, smooth, I think was the other word. And I took seamless and smooth and I mushed them together to be one brand new word. And I was like, I can't even remember exactly what it was now. Seamless or smoothless or smoothless. I think it was smoothless. It was going to be a smoothless transition onto the leadership team. And everyone started laughing. And I was like, it's me. I just make up words from time to time. Let's not read too much into it. Everything's fine. It's all good. It's fine. <laughs> 
Well, I love it. And, and also uh, more about words. Today's episode is brought to you by the word spiel, because now I think that it's been said three times so far in this episode. So well, I mean, the- Mara does give a spiel. So there is that too. But all right. So to in order to talk about what I want to talk about, we got to talk about our guest. So today we are bringing on the 2022 Kansas Association of Realtors president, Casey Ariar member. Andrew Mall. I'm yeah. so excited. Andrew's president, but me too. Uh, it's going to be, I, I, I love Andrew. So I'm going to love talking to him when we get him on here. Um, but the KKAR Kansas Association of Realtors, they just had their conference. You were there, Alex. I Tell was. me all about it. Uh, it was a great conference. This is probably the best uh, legislative conference from KAR that I've, that I've uh, been to. I uh-huh. thought it was really strong, uh, really great sessions. Uh, I'm really excited about the direction of our, our of our governance as well. We've got really strong leadership coming up in that organization, um, so I'm I am really excited about it and, and feeling really optimistic about uh, the value that KAR is going to start providing for uh, for the local associations and our mutual members. Um, I'm really excited about it. That being said, I'm also uh, because of, partially because of Andrew, um, mm-hmm. I'm more involved with the strategic planning. Uh, I'm the chair of the strategic planning. Committee oh. for the Kansas Association, and I'm on exec. So I'm saying all of these things, and it's it's very self complimentary as I as I become more and more involved with the state. But we've got Andrew, who's phenomenal. We've got uh, John Fort, who's coming up, who's a long standing staple in that organization. He's going to be president next year. Um, Jamie Clausen, I think is his name. And mm-hmm. he's, I uh, got to talk to him a lot, uh, during the conference and he is fantastic. Uh, really enjoyed talking to him. Um, and you got, Oh, Thomas, Howe. actually it's oh, Thomas, Thomas Howell yeah. that's going to be president next year. And if you know, Thomas, you know, oh, that Thomas. he is about like one of the coolest people to talk to so many different life experiences and just a super intelligent person. So I am really excited about the, about the leadership group that we have. And and we've had past leaders for the last couple of years who have been just phenomenal as well. So, um, so anyway, I think things are on a, on a great track, uh, legislatively, you know, are interesting things and, and it's hard to get anything done in an election year that's even remotely regulatory. So, uh, yeah. you know, we've got a couple of things we've been talking about home inspectors, you know, doing some kind of a licensing or, or registry for them. We've been talking about uh, cracking down on wholesaling and, and re- making that to be a um, license required activity. Um, and you know, when you're in an anti-regulatory environment, like the, uh, Kansas legislative, uh, chambers, um, it's, it's really difficult to get anything like that through. So I sat in on the hearings, heard, heard all the different arguments and they just don't want to do anything to, uh, to keep somebody from, uh, from engaging in a small business activity. Um, and that's the way that they see see these things. Uh, so the consumer protection side of it uh, and the anti-regulatory part of it, you know, they, they need to find some kind of a balance in order to get anything done. Um, yeah. And that's a difficult line to, to walk uh, mm-hmm. in an election year. They don't want to get anything done because that means somebody compromised and somebody won. Compromise to them is a dirty word, a dirty yeah. word this year and, and probably to infinity. Yeah. Um, if we're being honest, so. we become very selfish children. We do. Now I will say, 
and uh, that there's a really interesting thing going on that I don't actually know much about because everybody that I know who knows about it has signed an NDA, but there was this great apex bipartisan uh, legislation that was passed uh, while we were up there uh, mm -hmm. that gives uh, almost a billion dollars in incentives uh, for some mystery company uh, to come and bring like 4,000 jobs uh, mm. to the Northeast part of the state. And so um, I, I know that our members are going to benefit from that. And I know that what everybody wants in our organization is more buyers in the marketplace that are relocating to Kansas City. Everybody's yes. looking for more, more buyers. buyers. Yes. Right? Isn't that what everybody wants? But nonetheless, I think yeah. it's a really exciting thing. And obviously it would be great for our local economy for uh, those jobs um, and uh, residual businesses as well to to be here. So yeah. it's, it's an exciting thing. Okay. I'm excited. And I love to see KAR doing great things. I was really excited during my year as KCRER president to actually be a part of KAR meetings as that's a part of, you know, being a president and, and, and attending both state meetings. So I'm not licensed in Kansas. I mean, I can see Kansas from my house, but I'm not licensed there because I have no desire to go over there. And now there's anything wrong with it. Like, I just, no, I just don't want another market. Like, I, no, 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 no. Listen to me. I'm a strong believer in that you should only work the markets you really know. Like I refer people down to Platte City and Kansas City. I mean, they're not that far from my house. I won't work those markets. I don't know Kansas. I don't want to, I don't feel that I could do the duty for my clients that I, they would be entrusting in me. So that's what I mean by that. It's like, I don't know Kansas. I don't, I don't see the point of being licensed there. I feel that it's, it's outside my fiduciary anyways. You, you are always, but, I need to get, to, we need to get, to, we have to hurry up because our guest is coming on. What I'm trying to say though, is as KCRER president, that was COVID, I didn't get to be involved at KAR and I still feel like I've missed out on an opportunity to see how KAR does things. That's all I'm saying. Not now, that you would ever want to go there or anything. I'm not, no, I didn't, oh my God. I'm kidding, I'm sorry. You took too what I said fun. and twisted it and turned it Absolutely, absolutely. Fine, whatever, get to my bit. Do my do do book do do bit. Bobby's book bit. Casey, you're here. I feel extra rare at you right now. It's fine. All right. Here's my book bit. And I'm really shocked. I have not done this book before today, but my book is The Six Thinking Hats. You've read it, haven't you, Alex? Do you know six? You don't know six thinking hats. All right. I'm going to tell six you. Thinking hats. I'm going to tell you all about the six thinking hat. It shows you how to disentangle your own and your team's cumulative thinking process into six distinct areas, tackling a problem from different perspectives as a group in order to solve it with the power of parallel thinking. It'll save you time and save you money. So my quote from the book is, we may have a perfectly adequate way of doing something, but that does not mean that there cannot be a better way. Our author is Edward DeBono, and that there are six different hats that people will take turns wearing. There's the blue hat, which is management. There's the white hat, which is information. Red is emotions. Kind of makes sense. Uh, black is caution. Yellow is optimism. And green is creativity. So breaking down a little bit about a lesson from three of the different hats. So my first lesson or life lesson from it is the blue hat helps you think about thinking and monitoring the processes at all time. Think of the blue hat as zooming out and getting a 10,000 foot view of the problem that you're tackling before you go in. So when you wear the blue hat, you want to think about why are we here today? What's the scope of the problem? What other hats are we going to need to bring in during this session? And what are going to be the rules of the meeting? 
All right. And then the red hat, the red hat was the one that was about emotion. So lesson two is it's important to let employees express their feelings without judgment while they're wearing that red hat. Whoever's wearing the red hat should be allowed to freely express their emotions about a situation or a problem without any explanation. Too often we're like, well, mate, what feel that out? Just let them get it out. And then from there, we can build on solving the problem because grudges and resentment can carry over into the next issue when we start doing that. And then finally, the yellow hat, which was optimism, uh, without wearing the yellow hat sometimes, it's hard to stay enthusiastic about work projects and to get cracking on what needs to get done. When you're wearing the yellow hat, try to focus on an idea's positive impact and how it has the power to potentially transform your organization for the better. And it's just a really simple idea of breaking things out and problems into six different parts. And everybody has a different buy-in to fixing it. And that is my book bit. It can be great for management teams. Uh, the six thinking hats. No, that's really good. I like it. Do you know it. who how, taught how me this book first? Do you know who actually first introduced me to this book? Who? Past KCRAR president, current Missouri Realtors president-elect, Andrea Sheridan. There you go. So there's one more of those smart people that you surround yourself with. I know, right? I have the best besties ever. I don't even feel bad calling them besties because they are the best. Well, let's go get Andrew. Let's get Andrew. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk brought to you by KCRAR. Bobby and I are here with KAR president and KCRAR member and uh, an avid volunteer for the Realtor Associations in general, Andrew Mall. I was wondering how many ands you were going to put in Andrew because you kept going and. And. Well, I mean, he's got a lot of things that you can add add to his resume. This guy, everybody knows this guy. He's been fantastic. He was a big part of me getting involved in leadership. And and uh, Andrew, it's great to have you on the podcast. Great to be here. And I appreciate those kind words, Alex. Uh, I put you to work this year and I appreciate you stepping up and serving. Uh, you're always a great uh, resource here at KCRAR and in the real estate world. So I appreciate our friendship. And of course, you, Bobby. I wouldn't be uh, here today if it wasn't for you. So uh, I uh, am just proud to uh, have you two uh, um, interviewing me today. So thank you. The feeling is mutual, Andrew. <laughs> you're you're in my you're in my circle of people too. We were talking about the circle of people circle of smart people. Yep. Yes, you're in my circle of smart people. So tell us a little bit about your, your journey in real estate, you know, when you got started, the things that you specialized in and what ultimately uh, brought you into leadership. Well, uh, way back when I was in uh, uh, college, uh, earning a degree, uh, a four-year degree in marketing and international business uh, in a place called Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, uh, and so I was uh, kind of learning the ropes and, and getting my feet underneath me in the marketing world. And uh, I did what every good American college graduate does. And I went out and I got my real estate agent or real estate license. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, I look back and I am appreciative of, of my time at K-State, but uh, I ultimately decided I wanted to work for myself and, uh, and have never looked back. So, uh, I've been in the real estate world for a long time. Um, 
after making that decision, I decided to do the next best thing, which is to get involved in the condo world and start specializing in condo developments after spending some time in new home construction and other areas uh, right during the crash. So I learned a lot uh, about condominiums, uh, which were hit very, very hard during uh, the economic crash back uh, starting in 2008. So, uh, and that's actually uh, sort of what led me to get involved um, at, our, at our association. Um, I, I do have uh, a passion for serving. Uh, I have always uh, looked back at my life and have used three uh, little pillars that I keep telling myself time and time again that I, that I use, and, and, and they're pretty simple, and, and you may have caught them back when I announced my theme back in October, but it's uh, get engaged, get involved, and give back. And I try to do that through every aspect of my life. And so when I became a realtor, I knew that that would come back someday. Uh, but this condo component really thrust me into it, honestly, because I learned uh, very quickly uh, that uh, elected officials uh, don't really know 100% what real estate is all about. Uh, and so I learned that I needed to do what I could to help educate them and here I am today. Well, I know that you've been passionate about RPAC for, for a long time. And obviously this last week, Bobby and I were talking about the uh, about our legislative uh, conference and, and how much of a success uh, that, that was. Um, do you want to give us, I mean, I, I've been hearing you talk about RPAC since uh, my like my, my association leadership infancy. So do you want to give just like the plug you know, and, and talk about, you know, how important RPAC really is and, uh, and, and everything that it does for us. I'm happy to do so. And, you know, it, it's gotten to the point now where it is uh, truly a part of me. Uh, RPAC is, uh, it runs through my blood and I am a 100% believer. I invest at the uh, Golden R level every year. Um, plus, I'm a President Circle member, which is um, another additional investment of $2,000 to uh, realtor champions that are already in office that we need to keep there. Um, so RPAC, to me, the Realtor Political Action Committee, to me, is um, our, our power behind our voice. We have our advocacy, and we do a wonderful job at that. Uh, our state and local levels do a, a tremendous job making sure that our elected officials know uh, what our priorities are. But uh, in this political climate, uh, it, it takes funds. It takes money to have them pick up the phone, um, to recognize who's calling, and uh, to listen. And so that's where the, the RPAC funds come in, and that's why they're so critical. Uh, I could give you a million reasons why, but uh, it is truly our best insurance policy for our industry. Um, my old why was my family, and it still is today, a very strong why. I want this industry to remain uh, vital uh, to the American dream. And my family, I think, is going to be a part of that in the future. And so I want to make sure that it's here for them. My new why, uh, and it's something that has evolved over time, is you guys. Um, I the members uh, really give me energy and I go back every single day and I 
want to fight for them. And so that is, that's the new why. And that's why I am so passionate about RPAC because I think every member needs to know what it does for them. Can I tell just a really quick Andrew story? Because <laughs> one of my, so I've got I, uh, one of my, when we were, we were with Pat Roberts and we were in a room with him uh, and it was a Farrar Hill visit with, with, with Senator Roberts and uh, Andrew started talking about uh, flood insurance and specifically the, I think it was the FEMA maps, right? It was, it was the mapping and, and how desperately we need to uh, update those systems. And uh, Andrew was speaking passionate about, passionately about it and uh, was talking about his family and how they were directly impacted by uh, bad mapping uh, and, and mm-hmm. talked about, I think it was your grandfather who was a, a veteran and, uh, and I mean, he connected with Pat Roberts who, you know, not everybody agreed with Pat Roberts, right? That's, that's the reality, but that isn't what this, that's one of those things that it doesn't matter. We're there to talk about real world experiences and you got him to look at it in a different way and you got him to become passionate about it. And I'll never forget him. That was the most impactful moment of our conversation with him. And I've sat in on several conversations with him uh, while he was a Senator and usually hadn't seen like a, a, ma- a major impact. That was a, an impact for him. That changed the way that he was thinking about the, the need for updating these systems. Well, and, and you know, I, I, my grandparents obviously mean a lot to me and it is true, it, you know, my, at the time, 91 year old grandfather veteran was trying to sell his home and you know, he did everything that he was supposed to do. He put all, you know, that's your biggest investment. That is what you're supposed to do. And at the time when he purchased the home, um, it was in a floodplain and, uh, you know, the, the, uh, in a different meeting, a Senator jokingly said, well, why didn't they use you? And it's because I wasn't licensed at the time. So uh, I I wasn't able to help them. Uh, And unfortunately they got into a situation where uh, the portion of their property was in a floodplain. And clearly the, the maps that are utilized for underwriting some uh, loans out there, um, they're just not up to date. And it, it impacted their, the sale of their home. So the buyer uh, got delayed. And I will tell you, I appreciate that story, uh, Alex, because uh, it, it meant a lot to me to have uh, represent, or excuse me, uh, Senator Roberts uh, reach back out to me and care. Um, he, he certainly made sure that um, he closed the loop on that. So that meant a lot. You know, talking about Senator Roberts following back up with you and closing the loop, that reminds me, Alex, of the story that you recently told of the conversation you had with Jerry Moran. And then Jerry called and actually left you a voicemail on a mm-hmm. Sunday, letting you know, I heard you. I'm running towards this. And just knowing that as real... Uh, not even as realtors, as just regular citizens who happen to carry the weight of the R with us, that we can have that much of a tremendous impact on our legislators that they actually listen to us and respond back to us to say, hey, you've been heard. So Andrew, for our listeners that are not engaged in our state association, that were not a part of our legislative updates, uh, legislative days, what were some of the legislative priorities that you guys had when, during your meeting, just so our, our, our members know what we think is important in real estate? Sure. So our top two heading to the Capitol in Topeka, 
Uh, number one, uh, which we've actually applied and been uh, granted uh, a, an NAR issues mobilization grant uh, for this particular issue is home inspector registry. Mm -hmm. uh, over 71% of Kansas voters uh, believe that home inspectors need to have skin in the game and, and some competency for the services that they provide. Uh, and over 80% uh, of them uh, believe that there should be a, a registry uh, as something so that we know who the home inspectors are in the state of Kansas and to make sure that they are operating um, in a competent way. And so because that it's such a huge consumer protection issue, uh, we applied for this grant. Uh, we are putting everything we have behind it. Um, there used to be a home inspector registry, uh, I believe it sunsetted back in 2013. So this state has had it. Um, actually, the home inspectors want some level of registry. Uh, they, they want to raise the bar in their industry. Uh, it's just really boiling down to making sure the stakeholders come to some type of an agreement and making sure our legislators understand this is not an, a barrier of entry. This is con protecting consumers who uh, are making the biggest purchase of their life uh, mm -hmm. in most, most cases. So uh, we, we need this. And then the second one that, that just pops into mind as another priority is unlicensed uh, real estate activity. Mm -hmm. uh, it, we've had a surrounding states outlawed, um, which um, obviously unlicensed real estate activity in our state is bad also for consumers. We know consumers are being taken advantage of. Uh, these individuals are, in effect, acting as realtors, uh, or excuse me, licensees. Um, they do, they're not licensees, and they do not belong to our organization, so they're not realtors, um, and they're, they're acting as if they, that's what they are. And so we need to make sure uh, that our licensing law uh, protects uh, the consumer uh, as it is intended. Uh, we are regulated. Uh, we have, uh, we have uh, standards that we must meet uh, and thus anybody acting under those functions to do the same. Yeah, I love that. Well, I know that there was a lot of, uh, it was really interesting to hear all of the updates. And then we even went to the hearing uh, and, and seeing that process play out was just really, really interesting. And, and I learned a lot from it. That was the first time I had ever attended uh, a hearing at the Capitol. Um, and so that was, that was really interesting. And it made me realize, I'm like, why am I not going to more of these? Right. I'm serious. There, there, there were really interesting conversations. And, and I'm like, there are not even just real estate issues. There, there are a number of things where I'd be very interested to sit in, the, in that room and, and uh, listen to uh, the way that our legislators process information. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it, it is fascinating. And I, uh, I agree with you, Alex. I think um, it's, it's created some engagement on our um, uh, internal association communication platform, The Buzz. Mm -hmm. um, so as a KR member, um, we've been able to discuss this topic and, you know, there's everyone, the home inspector specifically, everyone's across the board on it, but everybody does agree there needs to be some competency and, and that just hearing our legislators describe the process, at least how they see the process, uh, was, was eye-opening for me. Uh, I don't know about you, Alex. <laughs> It was, it was. So it changes the way that you think about how you want to approach them about anything. Mm -hmm. That's, sure. I mean, you're, it's all about your approach. If you're going to get something done right now, I think we were talking about, you know, the anti-regulatory 
uh, mindset and, and the, the, you've got to approach things from, from indirect angles. It seems like it's, it's such an interesting, interesting thing. Well, I, obviously I've been, a, I've I had mentioned that I've been a part of the strategic planning committee and, and all of that. And so, uh, but I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about where, where we're going at KAR and some of the plans and goals that you've got for your term as, as president and uh, where you see KAR uh, three to five years in the future? Well, it's a great question. And obviously, uh, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the previous leaders of our organization. Uh, I am a firm believer that this is a shared vision. It is not my year. Uh, it has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. uh, so this journey started a long, a long time ago. Uh, Bobby's shaking her head because she is mm -hmm. aware. Uh, but it is a is a journey that I would I happily accepted, and uh, the members that I, the executive team members, the senior management team members that I have had the pleasure of working with have uh, taught me way more than than I have ever put in. So I've gotten way more out of this, uh, believe me, than than uh, you would know. Uh, but this shared vision started a long time ago, and honestly, what what we took an approach that uh, when COVID hit. It, we had to retool, we had to rethink about things. Uh, we had to really just take a step back in a way and figure out where we were going for the future. And it also was our 100 year anniversary last year uh, as an organization. And so we took that, we meaning the shared vision, uh, took that and decided we could do more. We could position uh, KAR as an association of the future for the future. And so uh, we decided uh, as a team to really take a, a deep dive into organization and figure out how to get more engagement because that's really what it's about. Um, our members are why we're here. Uh, it is not the other way around. And so we have to engage with them. And, and so we want to figure out better ways to do that, more efficient ways to do that. Uh, it is similar to what NAR did a couple of years ago and, and turn their pyramid upside down. This is um, you know, this is a bottom-up organization, and we want everyone to understand we, as a state, are here to support them. Uh, and so we have a, a bold um, strategic plan, in which thank you very much, Alex, for serving, because uh, you get to help uh, spread the word and, and let people know where we're at. And uh, so we're going to become more engaged with our mutual members through uh, partnerships with our locals. Uh, we have set up an Opportunities Advisory Board which is going to look at ways for Kansas Realtors to spread our influence throughout our state and beyond, look at opportunities for us to grow and, and create mutual partnerships to bring in uh, possibly industry, to bring in um, trade, uh, to build a better community, um, to get out there and, and get our hands dirty in our community. Um, and uh, we, uh, we are doing this... Uh, all in one year, so it's a big lift, uh, but I am very encouraged by the enthusiasm of our members because we're ready. We are ready to position our association for um, the next leaders uh, of, of, of what we have in store. So anyway, <laughs> I hope that helps uh, a little bit. I got a little windy, but uh, uh, as you can see, it's uh, something that uh, I, I clearly care about. 
obviously. So Andrew, you told us some of your plans, your goals, the vision for KAR, but what's the thing you're looking most to, uh, looking at Lord, what is the thing that you are most, see, I told you earlier, I just mix words together, make new words. Andrew, what is the thing you are most looking forward to this year as you lead KAR? The relationships, growing more and more relationships, that's important to me. Uh, I, I am, I'm leaving behind hopefully uh, some, um, a legacy of, of RPAC um, uh, culture, mm -hmm. um, because I truly believe that it is a culture that has to sort of be self-discovered. It can't be forced Mm -hmm. onto people. So I hope that that's what I'm leaving behind. Um, I, I don't think this is the end for me. Uh, I don't know what's in store. I never like to predetermine what's ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to stay very involved with uh, my state and local association and national association of realtors. Um, but I, I just hope I leave a legacy of instilling some culture to our pack, um, making it a part of what our fabric, if you will. Yep. I love it. I love it. Well, I really like that as well. Cause when you think about our pack right now, we know throughout the, the country that there's been a lot of discussion about it. And, and in some cases it's gotten controversial and, and what you talked about earlier is so true. I mean, people lose sight of what it's really about. Uh, mm -hmm. you called it an insurance policy and, and, um, I think you described it to me that way really early on mm -hmm. um, that, you know, you, you vote the way that you want to vote. That's the reality, but you need somebody looking after your interests as a, as an organization too. And the way that you're going to vote isn't necessarily always going to match what's best for uh, your interests as an organization. So you got to balance okay. those things out and that's okay. There isn't anything wrong with that. We're not necessarily telling people how to vote. That isn't what we're doing. We're making sure that the the voice of our industry is present in these in these groups, and and I, I've just always appreciated your work on that. You were one of of the people that got me involved with our pack early on. I've had I, there are a lot of people that got me involved with our pack early on, and, and you're you're one of them. And so um, I just I appreciate that. That's your that's what you want to leave behind. I think that's great because it's needed. We need to reframe the way we think about it, and I think you're right. It's almost a culture that we need to. Uh, build surrounding it. Um, so Andrew, we're getting close on time and I want to respect the time that we've asked of you. So the last question that I always ask all of our guests is what else? What else should we have asked you? What else should we have talked about? What else is there? Well, there's more than RPAC and advocacy. Uh, that's, that is true. I think sometimes we, uh, our passions show through uh, bigger than, than um, maybe the whole enchilada, if you will. <laughs> uh, and so we need to also care about the people in our organization. Um, we need to make sure that we're um, building a bench, uh, making sure that there are people that have, that you can pass that passion on to that'll be there um, next year and, and 10 years from now. And so um, I really look forward to uh, continuing that. Um, I, I, I learned very early on, early on, uh, probably like you, Bobby, that I had to start that process in the beginning mm -hmm. uh, to really understand uh, who, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's, uh, that's something I've really enjoyed is 
just getting to know the membership and, and hopefully um, uh, lending to a few leaders in the future. Yeah, well, I, for one, as someone who's watched you grow up and you've been an inspiration to me over the years as I was a new person to KCRAR and you were just such a, a highly respected member of our board, I love seeing this journey you've been on. And I'm just, I, it may sound trite, it might sound silly, but I'm super proud of you. And I just continue to look up to you and everything that you're doing with KAR. And I know that, like you said, this is not the end for you. We're, we're going to see a lot more of Andrew around and that's a very good thing. So Thank you for your time, Andrew. It's been amazing having you on. And I always love when we get a chance to talk RPAC because it makes me happy. All three of us, we get happy to talk RPAC. So this works out really well. <laughs> it dominated the conversation, but but sometimes it needs to. So needs I appreciate to. the opportunity. Yep. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. <laughs>